You're listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both blessed and challenged by this teaching. Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading in verse 28, just two verses tonight. The Bible says, it's Jesus speaking here, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I wonder tonight if there's anybody here who's weary. Maybe you're here and you're heavy laden. Maybe you're, you're burdened down with some things. Perhaps you're, you're burdened by some financial issues. Maybe you're here and you're heavy laden with some, some illness or a sickness in your life. Maybe you're here and you're burdened down. You're, you're a teenager and you're, you're burdened down with some things that are going on at school. Maybe you're, you're heavy laden with concerns about friendships. and uh, Maybe you're here and you're burdened down with a, with a bad marriage or, or, or with your with a prodigal child. Maybe you're here and you're, you're heavy laden and burdened down with an addiction or with hopelessness. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with sexuality, with your sexuality and you're burdened down by that. Maybe you're here and you're burdened down with credit card issues or, or problems in your life that just seem insurmountable. Maybe you're here and, and, and there's, there, there's issues in your family life and in your, your extended family and they're, they're weighing down on you and you're burdened with them. I wonder if you're here tonight and you're burdened and heavy laden. This scripture is an invitation. Jesus is issuing an invitation for rest. He's, he's issuing an invitation for you to come to him and let him be your burden bearer. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about tonight. But would you just pray with me first? Father God, I thank you and I praise you that you are indeed our burden bearer. And I thank you, Father, that you invite us to come under your yoke that's easy and your burden that's light. I thank you, Father, that you want to lift off burdens tonight. I thank you, Father, that you want to infuse peace that passes all understanding into your people. Lord, you know that this message is new and, and I, I just am not familiar with it like I need to be. And I pray, Father God, that you would bring things back to mind that I studied. I pray that you'd help me to clearly and effectively minister your word. Father, I pray that you'd help me to expound on your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can rest, that your word is living, it's active, and it never returns void. And I pray, Father, that as it leaves my mouth, Lord, that, that you would put such revelation, Lord, attached to it that by the time it hits their ears, that there would be such understanding, such, such insight into your word, Lord, given by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to attach itself and, and to hover over each person here tonight, Lord. I, I pray, Father, that you would you'd bring clarity to your word. 
And I'm asking, Lord, that you not let one word come out of my mouth that isn't from you, that I would say only what the Father tells me to say. And that I would declare it, Lord, as fearlessly as I ought. I thank you that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. And so have your way here tonight, Lord. Move powerfully among your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a really old antique yoke, and we don't use these yokes anymore. We, we use tractors nowadays, but way back when, and especially when Jesus was, was saying, take my yoke upon you, his readers or his hearers would have instantly known what he was talking about because instead of using tractors, they used these yokes, and, and they would have looked very much like this, very similar to this. And, and, and so what they did, this, is, this yoke would have been used to uh, to put two oxen in. You see these two holes here? Uh, that's where an oxen would put, they would put his head in, in through these little holes. Are you with me? And then they would lock it down over his neck and he would become a captive to this yoke. Are you with me? And then they would use that to plow the ground. The farmer would use that yoke with those two big oxen in, and he would guide the oxen, and they would really feel like they were stuck, like they had to do what the farmer wanted them to do. Now remember, these are oxen. And those oxen would be locked in that yoke, and the farmer would prod them. He had what was called a goad, and a goad was really an instrument of torture. It was a long stick with a little pointy uh, uh, end on it. And if the oxen decided that they were going to rise up against the farmer, what he would do is he would prod them with that goad. And they learned very quickly that if they were going to fight against him, it was useless, and that they were stuck under that yoke doing what that yoke uh, guided and directed them to do. And so uh, the, the farmer would guide those oxen through the fields and, and the oxen would use, the, would use that, that yoke to, to carry heavy burdens behind it, like a, the farmer would, if, if it was something really heavy that the farmer needed to, to move, he would attach it to the oxen in this yoke and, and the oxen would carry that yoke, uh, carry that burden for him. Are you with me? And so it was really, uh, uh, it, it was really a yoke like this that Jesus was talking about when he said, "Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." A yoke would have been symbolic. Uh, we see scripture all through scripture. There are many, many references to yokes. Most of them were negative. Jesus's reference was positive. And so what that tells me, if Jesus is saying, "Take my yoke upon you," what that's saying to me. Me is there must have been another yoke. There must be another choice that we have, another yoke that we can come up under. Are you with me? And so keep that picture in your mind well, when we're going to talk about the yoke tonight. It would, have been, it would have been used for an ox, for two oxen. Now, I don't know how much you know about oxen, but I was really, really quite interested to find out all I could about how they use these, uh, these yokes to, to, to guide these oxen because from what I read, an ox would weigh between 500 and 3,000 pounds. In fact, most of the things I read said when they were using a yoke like this, usually they had an ox on each side that would have weighed between 1,500 and 3,000 pounds. Now, think about that. How much would that little farmer have weighed? Maybe at most 200 pounds, maybe, if he was a big stocky farmer. And, and, and these are two oxen in this 
wooden yoke. You can see this is even cracking right here. A wooden yoke and two big, massive 3,000-pound ox. I, I saw that, and I was like, Lord, why in the world would those oxen not rise up and say, listen, Mr. Farmer, we're not going to do what you want us to do. We really would like to get free and go over here. Now, you know a big two, 3,000-pound ox could easily, this is wood, could easily break this yoke. Are you with me? I wondered why in the world those oxen wouldn't do that. I, I just needed to know that. And, and, and so I began to, to study a little bit more about the yoke. And do you know what I found out? I found out that when the ox are being trained to use that yoke, they don't put it on a 3,000-pound ox. Do you know what they do? They put it on a little teeny tiny ox when he's young. You see, the Bible says that it is good to bear the yoke when you're young. And see, the farmers knew that, that they could not put a 3,000-pound ox under this wooden yoke and expect him to abide by it. But if they took uh, an oxen when he was little and put him in this heavy yoke and teach him that if he tried to get free from it, he was going to get prodded, he was going to get tortured, he was going to get a little wound, he would learn very quickly that he had to submit to that yoke and so that little ox would grow into be a big ox and that and he has already been trained now that he he is bound to this yoke that he has to obey that yoke are you with me it's the same thing as, as a circus elephant you know how they keep a circus elephant captive I love to go to the circus I, when my children were little I took them to the circus all the time and I was always amazed that there were a ton of elephants just wandering around the arena why didn't they stampede? I just want to know. They're big, massive, how many ton elephants? What in the world? Why didn't they just push their way out the door and get free? I wanted to know. Mr. Elephant, you could easily get free. Mr. 3,000 ton ox, you could easily get free. What is up with that? But you see, a circus elephant, they train when he's little as well. It is good to wear the yoke when you're young. When he's young, that little circus elephant, they put a bicycle chain on his leg. And when he wants to get free, he tugs at that bicycle chain and he learns very early on that, that he can't get free and that he's stuck in captivity. So then he grows up to be this how many t thousand ton elephant and, and he's learned all the way through his life that he is, he is captive to that bicycle chain. So they're free to even remove the bicycle chain because he has learned to be a captive in that place. You say, well, Rhea, why are you telling me all of this? I just want to talk to you about this. Have I drawn the picture for you? Do you see this? You see, in the Bible, uh, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. If he is being that specific and saying, take my yoke, that tells me there must be another yoke. In Isaiah, I think it's 10, he talks about the Assyrians coming. And that's when the, 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 the scripture that we're all so familiar with, that we know so clearly, that says there, there's an anointing that breaks every yoke. Are you familiar with that scripture? There is an anointing that breaks every yoke. Keep that first and foremost in your mind as we begin to talk a little bit more about the yokes. Do you know that there's an anointing that will break every yoke? And so in that passage, uh, the, the Bible's talking about the Assyrians who were the enemies of Israel. There was an enemy who will put a yoke on God's people. 
Are you with me? Do you know that we have an enemy of our soul? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is, he is after you. He wants your life to be useless. He wants you to be in captivity. He wants you to live in bondage. He does not want you free because he knows he who the sun sets free is going to be free indeed. And so he has to teach you, just like those little oxen needed to be taught, that you are really, it's useless for you to try to get free from his yoke. He wants to train you to think that. He wants to train your mind to really believe that you are captive to whatever he puts on you. Can I tell you it's a lie from the pit of hell? And you say, well, Rhea, what exactly does that yoke look like? What does he do? Well, he, he comes to you when you're little. He will come to you when you're young. And he'll say, Here, here's a bottle of beer. Come on, it's fun. Take this beer. It's fun. You, you really want this. It's fun. Everybody's having a good time. It won't hurt. Just have one little drink. And then all of a sudden, what suddenly seemed fun is no longer fun. Now you need to do it to get out of bed in the morning. Now you need to do it to have fun anytime. And what appeared to be fun is now a yoke that's come around your neck. And, and the enemy then will use that addiction to guide you and direct you all through your life, making you think you can't get free, that really you're powerless and you have to submit to that yoke of addiction. But he's not gonna get you when you're a 3,000 ton ox. He's gonna get you when you're young, when you don't know how strong you are. Can I tell you how strong you are? You see, we've got to teach them that they're strong when they're young because they'll buy into the lie that they can't get free from what the enemy throws at them. And some of you are adults, you're full-grown oxen, 3,000 pounds, and you're still under a yoke. You're still under a yoke. You're still captive to what the enemy has put you under, and you're buying into the lie that, that you really are powerless against it and you can't get free. But can I tell you, there is an anointing that breaks every yoke. There is an anointing that breaks every yoke. That you are not obligated to that thing that the enemy has put on you. He, he brings when you're young. Do you know that the average age for a pornography addiction is 12 years old? Does that grieve anybody besides me? And what he's doing is a little boy or a little girl, oh, they're, they're just innocently going through the, the, the computer the computer just surfing the net and suddenly a picture pops up and they glance <laughs> and then they just want another glance and then before you know it comes an addiction that they have to return to over and over and over we had Kylie here a couple weeks ago Kylie is just coming out of teen challenge she had a heroin addiction and I just love her to pieces I'm so proud of her I'm so proud of of, of how strong she is and and how how she's just clinging to the Lord to break that addiction but you see Kylie didn't start that that heroin addiction thinking oh I'm gonna live addicted and I I'm gonna have a hard life and and things are gonna go wrong in my life and I'm gonna lose so much oh no that's not what she thought she just thought she was having fun with her friends. It was a good time. One time won't hurt. And then one time led to another time, led to another time, led to an addiction, led to a yoke that she couldn't get free from. And you see what the enemy wants to do is he wants to, to, to use that yoke just like the farmer. The farmer used that yoke to guide those oxen and make them go where he wanted them to go. 
and you see the enemy. Some of you are sitting here tonight and you have a yoke on you. Maybe it's a yoke of addiction. Maybe it's a, a yoke of fear. Maybe it's a yoke of intimidation. Maybe it's a yoke of, uh, come on, somebody give me, give me some yokes of, of anger and rage. A yoke of what? Depression. That's a good one. Anybody else? A yoke of what? Unforgiveness. You can't forgive. Do you know what they did to you? Remember what they did to you? Let me just remind you what they did to you. And then that unforgiveness guides everything you do in your life and you find yourself bitter and depressed and powerless in your life because you have bought into a lie that you are stuck and bound into that thing. But there is an anointing that breaks every yoke. You say, Rhea, what does that scripture really mean? Well, what's so fascinating to me is we use that in Christian circles. Oh, there's an anointing that breaks every yoke. Let me just anoint you or get in the presence of God and let his anointing flow through or, or get somebody who's anointed to pray for you. That's not at all what that scripture means. If you look up that scripture in the original language, that word anointing means fatness. Oh, that's so good. Do you know when I get up in the morning, Davey said to me the other day, Rhea, you're so tired, you need to stay in bed. You need to get some rest, Rhea. And I said, no, Dave, you know what I need more than I need rest? I need my Jesus. I need to get in his presence because I need to get fat because I got me some, some yokes that I need to get free from. Does anybody besides me have a yoke that they need to be free from? And I will not let the enemy of our, my soul, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I will not let him use that yoke to guide my life. There is one Lord in my life, and his name is Jesus. But you see, when I sit in his presence, when I get in his presence, and I begin to learn of him, he says, take my yoke upon you. <laughs> because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You see, the enemy's burden is not light. It's heavy. You try carrying unforgiveness just for a little tiny bit, and you tell me it's not heavy. It is heavy. You ask little Kylie, who's sitting in Teen Challenge, if his burden isn't heavy. It's a heavy burden that the enemy tries to put on us. Oh, but God's yoke is easy. It's easy. Because you see, that the best thing about a yoke is that there's two underneath it. And, and he's in that yoke with you. And he's your burden bearer. He's helping carry that burden. He wants to lift it off of you. So interesting to me, as I was studying the, these yokes, one of the things that I found what was that when the, when the oxen are underneath that heavy yoke, that the movement back and forth will cause a wound in the oxen's neck. And that wound then, continually being rubbed by that yoke, infection will set in. Oh, are you with me? You see the enemy when he tries to put that yoke on you. It usually comes from a wound, doesn't it? So often, it comes from, from a wound in your life, and it'll bring infection. For example, uh, Diane said unforgiveness. So can I tell you, that comes from a wound. Somebody hurt you, somebody did you dirty, and you bought into the lie that you, that you, you had no choice but to, to carry that unforgiveness. Rhea, do you know what they did to me? Do you know how bad they hurt me? And what you don't realize is the yoke is coming around your neck, but you were wounded. And that infection of bitterness now will spread throughout your whole life. Hatred, unforgiveness will breed hatred. But there's an anointing that breaks every 
yoke. You see, when you get in his presence, when you get in his word, and you begin to get fat on him. My son Tyler has this, this sickness called gastroparesis. And what happened was Tyler's six, almost 6'5". Six, he's, he's really tall and he's really skinny. And he has beautiful curly hair. And, and he, he's just a cutie. I mean, he's a cutie patootie. I know he's my, he's my son, but I, I, I just will tell you, he is a sweet boy. And, and when he was in high school, he, he just kept getting more and more... Um, just malnourished looking and, and the bones were sticking out in his face and, and he was really, really thin. He's always been thin, but he was super thin and, and his nails started to get really messed up and, and his beautiful long curly hair just got like dried out and, and kept breaking off and, and he started to get this really foul taste in his mouth and, and he'd say, Mama, there's something wrong with me. And so I took him to the doctor and, and they did this test on him. They, they had him swallow some radioactive eggs <laughs> and they watched it go down his stomach, down, down through his digestive system. And, and what they found is that those eggs never left his body. They just sat in his stomach and they would ferment. And so everything that Tyler ate, instead of going through his body, you see, you have to get the food to the small and large intestine because that's where the nutrients are absorbed. But instead, Tyler's food just sat in his stomach and fermented, which was the taste coming out of his mouth. That's totally gross, but you need to stay with me here. <laughs> and so Tyler was extremely malnourished because even though he ate like a horse, his body never absorbed the nutrients. It just sat inside his stomach. Are you following me? Gastroparesis. And, and when the doctor told me about this, I thought to myself, isn't that the state of the church today? We can eat and eat and eat. Oh, we can, there, there is a plethora of preachers that we can listen to oh, on the radio and, and we're passing CDs and, 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 and books around to people. Read this, it's really good and you're gonna love this one and have you heard this preacher? And, oh, I hear so-and-so's at a camp meeting. Let's go, let's go hear them. And, and we have an abundance of food that we can eat, spiritual food that we can eat and we are sitting in the pew on Sunday morning. Just fill me up, preacher. Just tell me something I do don't already know and we're eating and we're eating and we're eating but I'm telling you what it's doing church we are still spiritually malnourished because we're not letting it absorb in our life and we're not letting it apply to our life we're just getting eating and eating and eating but we're spiritually malnourished and we're skinny Christians like Tyler there's anointing that breaks every yoke fatness. You see, when I sit in his presence in the morning, when I spend time in his word, when I fill up on all that he is and all that he promises to be, I start to get spiritually fat. See, some of you are like, she is, she is a crazy woman. It's because I'm spiritually fat. It's because I know my Jesus and I believe that he's who he says he is and I believe he can do what he says he can do. And I will tell you, there is an anointing that breaks every yoke and the fatter you get, you see what happened was the ox would get fatter and fatter and fatter and what happens to that big old yoke when he gets fat? It snaps. That's what the anointing that breaks every yoke looks like. It's not me praying for Pat because I have an anointing and her going down on the ground. That'll serve Pat well one night. But what'll really help Pat is to get in his presence and get fat herself and find out that there's an anointing that breaks every yoke. Are you with me? 
What did the enemy put on you? Maybe when you were young. Maybe last week. Maybe 10 years ago. That's locked down around your neck and is making you think that you are powerless to it. Isn't it addiction? Is he guiding you with that addiction, making you think you'll never get free? You're stuck, being, uh, you're stuck being addicted to drugs. You're stuck being addicted to alcohol. You're stuck being addicted to pornography. You're stuck being addicted to food. That's a good one. Eating disorder, let me just talk to you about that one. Starts out as a, good, as a little diet. You just want to lose a couple pounds. Seems harmless. And then it becomes an obsession. And then it controls your thinking. And then the enemy starts using that to guide your life. And, and, you, and, and the yoke locks down and you're stuck in an eating disorder. What's the yoke that you don't think you can get free of? There is an anointing that breaks every yoke. There's a scripture, and I, I want to find the right reference because I don't just want to I don't just want to carelessly read it. I want to make sure you get it word for word. It's in Genesis chapter 27. Flip over there if you have your Bibles. Genesis chapter 27, verse 40. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. I like especially the, 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 the New Living Translation. It says, you will live by your sword and you will serve your brother, but when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. This is talking about Isaac and Esau. And, and what he's saying was, when you get sick enough of him, of him running your life, when you get sick enough of it, you will decide to break that yoke. You'll throw that yoke off. And I'm just gonna tell you, church, when we get sick enough of our addiction, when we get sick enough of our bitterness, when we get sick enough of our victimization, when we get sick enough of our pity party of one, when we get sick enough of our jealousy, when we get sick enough of our insecurities, we will shake it off. We will say, I'm not carrying this yoke anymore. This thing is not going to guide my life anymore. You see, I, I'm, I really believe this is what's wrong with the church. We don't look any different than the unbeliever down the street because we are not taking his word, applying it to our life and really living it. We are just as captive as they are. And you see, my Jesus said, I came to set the captive free. I came to release the prisoner from darkness. I came to bind up broken hearts. We should not be walking around captive in prisons and we should certainly not be walking around with weak, broken hearts because it's why he came. And he's either who he says he is and can do what he says he can do or we'll continue to look like a powerless church. The Bible says that you and I are God's resumes. We are his living epistles. People should look at us and be able to see what he can do. What is the yoke that's holding you down tonight? What is the yoke the enemy uses to guide you through life saying, you, you might be a Christian, you might be saved and going to heaven, but you are not gonna be powerful. You're gonna be captive to that thing all of your life. You're gonna be an angry woman all your life. You're, you're gonna be a man with a pornography addiction all your life. You're gonna have financial issues all of your life. 
That memory, that thing that happened to you as a little boy or a little girl is gonna control your life forever. You will never get free from it. We need to remind the enemy who our God is, that he is all powerful, that he is almighty. He is the God in whom there is nothing impossible. Church, do we believe that? You see, we can quote it. We can tell our friend what when they have a need about it, but do we really believe it? Do we really believe that he's who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do? What's the yoke? You see, when you get sick enough of it, you'll decide to do something about it. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you cannot be both. You can be a victim or you can be a victor, but you cannot be both. And we need to make up our mind that he says he will always lead us in triumph. It's time, church, that we start looking like who he died for us to be. What's the yoke? It's interesting to me that that goad the farmer, if the ox decided that they were going to try to get free, he would stab them, he'd prick them with that goad. Hmm. See, some of you, the enemy's pricking, and he's saying, you're never going to get free. Or let me remind you what you did. If they knew this about you, they wouldn't think you're so great. Keep this under wraps. Prick, 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 prick. Just in case you decide to get free, can I just remind you, There is an anointing that breaks every yoke. I want you to stand to your feet because I want to pray. I want to pray for some yokes tonight to be broken. You don't have to be controlled by that thing anymore. You don't have to be weighed down by that thing anymore. Jesus says, come to me. But you see, we have to come to him. We can't just say, you know, God, I'm waiting for you to zap me. Can you just fix this thing? He says, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke, not the enemy's yoke. My yoke upon you. It's not burdensome. The Bible says his commands are not burdensome. His way is not burdensome. Oh, can I tell you, I spoke to, to the high school uh, group a couple weeks ago, and I, I taught this message, and one of the things I said to them that they asked me to teach on why the Christian life is so important, why it's so good, what's so good about the Christian life. And I said to them, can I tell you, I wore the enemy's yoke for many, many years, and I know the difference. I know the freedom in coming under God's way versus the enemy's way. I know the pain and the heartache and the shame that the enemy's way leads. I, but I know the freedom that, that comes from God's because his ways are not burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. Doing things his way is not burdensome. It is the way of life. It is the way of life. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we can trust you with our life. I thank you that you are God in whom there is nothing impossible. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And yesterday, Lord, we read of story after story where you did the miraculous. You're that same God today. And so, Lord, first of all, I want to pray for those who have come in here tonight and they are burdened, they are weighed down, maybe not by a yoke of the enemy, maybe just by the cares and the concerns of this world. Lord, I pray that you would demonstrate your overcoming power, that you would lift that burden off of them, Lord God, that you would prove to them that you are indeed their burden bearer. Father, your word says that you want to take a spirit of heaviness and you want to lift it off and give us a garment of praise. Lord God, I pray right now against the spirit of heaviness in, in this group. I pray, Lord God, that, that you, their bondage breaker, their burden bearer, would lift that off of them now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who are here and they're, they're filled with worry and anxiety over situations and it's with them all day long. And, and Father, they came in here tonight with that heaviness. And Father, I thank you that your word says that we are not to be anxious about anything. Lord God, that we can come to you through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving and present those requests to you and that you in turn will take them and you will guard garrison our hearts and our minds with peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I pray right now for that peace. I pray, Lord God, that people would literally feel that, that, that anxiety lifting off of them, Lord God, and that you would garrison their hearts and their minds in, with peace that passes all understanding. Infuse, Lord, infuse peace. Infuse peace, Lord God, through, your, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for those who are, are bogged down and burdened with, with depression and despair and hopelessness. Oh, Lord God, I thank you for that those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Lord, we put our hope in you. We are not hopeless. And so, Lord, I pray that those who are feeling hopeless, who are feeling full of despair, who have come in here with heavy hearts full of heartache, Lord, I pray that you would prove to them that, that you are the one who mends broken hearts, who binds up the wounds and the, the heartache and the despair, Lord God, that you are the lifter of their heads. Lord, I pray for joy, joy that's unspeakable. Father, I believe that in your presence there is fullness of joy. That there's, not just, there's not just a getting through, just existing. There is fullness of joy in your presence. And Father, your presence is here. And I pray for the fullness of joy, the fullness of joy. I pray that you would just come upon your people with such joy that's unspeakable, Lord. That you are our joy giver. And Lord, I want to pray for, for, for people who are, are under the enemy's yoke right now. For those who are sitting here and they are addicted. Oh Lord, it doesn't just mean that we're addicted to drugs or alcohol. We can be addicted to shopping. We can be addicted to television. We can be addicted to food. We can be addicted, Lord. Father, forgive us for turning to anything instead of you. Forgive us, Lord, for looking for satisfaction in anything other than you. And Father, I pray, I pray for that yoke to be broken now. I pray, I come against any spirit of addiction in the name of Jesus, and I command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. 
And I pray, Father God, that you would just fill them afresh and anew with your sweet Holy Spirit. Empower them, Lord, with your presence. I believe you're who you say you are. I don't believe you're a far off distant God. I believe that you are Emmanuel, God with us. You are in this room now. Lord God, you live within us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. Lord, there should be no hopelessness in that place. There should be no despair in that place. There should not be any worry or fear in that place. Your perfect love casts out all fear. I command fear to be gone now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that you would replace it with such. Uh, uh, you say that you didn't give us a spirit of fear. You gave us a sound mind. You gave us a spirit of power. Lord God, I pray for a spirit of power, Lord, to rise up in your people. I pray, Lord God, that your people would take their rightful place, that they would begin to know who they are. Lord God, that we would not be mediocre, mediocre, lukewarm. Lord, your word says that when we are lukewarm, you will spit us out of your mouth. Lord God, I pray that you'd ignite a fire among your people tonight. Ignite a fire, Lord, deep down in our soul that we can't contain and we can't control. Oh, Lord God, we surrender afresh and anew to your sweet Holy Spirit. We give our lives, Lord, afresh and anew to you. Do a new work in your people. But Lord, don't leave us mediocre. Stir, stir, stir a passion. Lord, I pray for springs of living water to just begin to bubble out of people's lives. I pray that there be such a sense of your presence, Lord God, such an encounter with your spirit, Lord God. Lord, for those who are dry and weary, I pray, Father God, that even before the night is through, that they would drink afresh from your living water, Lord, and that they would be refreshed and restored and renewed in your presence. I pray for eyes to be opened, to see you like they've never seen you before. Lord, for ears to hear your word says that your sheep hear your voice and they will not answer to another. I pray, Lord God, that, that you would unstop ears. We've listened to too many voices, Lord God. We want to hear yours and yours alone. And I pray, Father, against any lying spirits, spirits that come and whisper and try to mislead. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'd silence them now in the name of Jesus. I pray against memories, Lord God, lies that people have believed as truth in their life. I silence those lies now in the name of Jesus, and I release the destiny and the purpose that you have placed in them, Lord God that nothing will hijack that destiny now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're raising up warriors. You're raising up an army. We will not be the same, Lord God. We will not leave this place the same because the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there is freedom. Lord God, I don't believe we can be in the presence of the Holy God and remain the same. Lord, we, will, we are done walking through the motions of Christianity. We're done, Lord God. It's pathetic. Your word says, your, your, your word says that many, oh Lord God, the scripture grieves my heart. The word says many, you said it Jesus, it's in red, it was your word. Many will say to me in that day, Lord did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do the miraculous in your name? And I will say to you, away from me, I never knew you. Lord that grieves me, that scares me Lord God. They're calling you, Lord, they think you are. 
They've cast out demons. Lord, we know the sons of Sceva. We know what happened to them when they cast out demons. They said, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. We don't know who you are. And the demons jumped on them. They were not able to cast out demons. Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you. I pray for a knowing, an intimacy with you, Lord God, an intimacy with you that no spouse can compare to, that no love of this world can compare to. Lord, I'm praying for intimacy now, an intimate connection with you, an encounter with you like they've never had before. That's the place where those yokes will be broken, Lord. Lord, I pray for the fire of your Holy Spirit. The fire of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Ignite a fire within us, Lord. I pray for the winds of your Spirit to sweep in and out of these rows, Lord God, that you would break bondages. Lord, we go to, to self-help groups. We go, we go to groups that let's, let's all talk about our sickness. Let's all talk about our bondage. Let's all talk about, about our past and our memories and the garbage we live through as children. And Lord God, we're staying stuck and it's in your presence, Lord God. It's in your presence. It's in that place of victory, in that place, Lord God, where we encounter you that the bondages will be broken. We won't have to talk about it anymore. We can talk about how free we are in you because he who the sun sets free is free indeed and Lord I pray for the free indeed over this group tonight and Lord I'm believing I'm believing that you are working here among your people and that we are going to leave change, Lord God, because we've been in your presence. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Father, that you are with us, that you'll never leave us, that you'll never forsake us, that you will never, ever relax your hold on us. Now, Father, I pray that you would just wrap your loving arms around your people. Let them know your love like they've never known it before. Not head knowledge, love, Lord God. I pray for radical radical revelation of your love for them, that they are your treasured possession, that they are Hebzibah, your delight is in them, that they are indeed the head and not the tail, they're above and not beneath, they are lenders and not borrowers, Lord God. I pray, Father, that, that they would know that they are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. Lord, I just heard you say that no man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Lord, we're putting our hands to the plow tonight. And we're going to be laid down lovers, sold out, committed to you. Father, I believe time is short. We're messing around, Lord God. We're playing church. And I pray, Father, that you'd ignite a hunger in us tonight a hunger and a passion for your word, a desire to know you better, that we would set our eyes on things above, Lord God, and that you would show yourself strong in the lives of every person in this room tonight. Lord, your word says that you give to your beloved even as she sleeps. 
I'm asking for that tonight. I pray, I pray for a release of dreams and visions in this room, Lord God. I thank you that you are going to give to your beloved even as he or she sleeps tonight, Lord. That that work that you've begun, that your word is going to continue to just minister over them. Lord, that you are going to sing songs of deliverance over them even as they sleep tonight. And I thank you, Father, that the bondage breaker has been here and that people are leaving free indeed. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both encouraged and challenged to go deeper and grow stronger in your walk with Christ.